0: It is good to see you all this morning. I want to take just a moment and pause for 60 seconds. Let me get my phone out. Those of you who are watching online, I'm not frozen up here. Your, Your screen is doing good. It's just we got a minute and just be silent. That's it. 60 seconds. It's amazing to me how How long one minute can seem when there's absolutely nothing going on. Just that slight moment in time. And and you realize that everyone's attention then is focused on you. (laughs) So what do you do? You put your hands in your pockets. (laughs) And you try not to look people in the eye. Right? Because that's, that's, that's where we are. All right? But how short can one minute be when you're frenzied for time to get something done or when you're enjoying something and you don't want it to stop? A minute then is just seconds apparently. Well, 60 of them at least, but you, you get it. Now, I, I remember my kids when they were young and they would get in trouble and we'd put them in timeout and it was always, is my time up yet? You haven't even been in there a minute? Is my time up yet? You know, how much longer? How much more time? I mean, those are the words that they would always immediately think because that time is deadly, right? Or they would say, just, just one more moment, please. One minute, please. I need a little bit more time. Can it wait? Those were the words I would hear when I'd ask them to do something while they were either watching TV or playing, you know. Just a little bit more time. They want because they don't want to stop what they're doing. And in a minute, it's amazing how much. Can happen within that time, do you realize there are 20 days left until Christmas? That's not a whole lot of time. All right. well, let me, let me break it down for you. matter of fact, it's approximately four hundred and seventy and a half hours. a matter of fact, it's probably four hundred seventy and thirty one minutes. all right when you consider all that, um, th- that, that translate into approximately... Well, I'm not going to give approximates. I've got a little timer here that says 28,230 minutes till Christmas. All right? So the, the timing is going on really quick. And as, as we you know, think about minutes and as we go through uh, just the day and, and stuff, those minutes begin to tick by quicker than we realize. And all of a sudden, it, it's 28,229 minutes. It's amazing how time flies. So the question I have for you, why did you just waste one precious moment sitting in here listening to me talk? When you could be doing something, preparing yourself for Christmas or for something else. So as we begin our Christmas season, we're going to move into a series that I want us to to recognize the significance of one moment in time. And as strange as that may seem, the, uh, the, there's something significant and about strategic about moments and minutes. We refer to our strategic moments or our strategic nature of time as timing. Timing is important in a lot of things. Have you ever stopped to consider how important everything is to time? Everything has its season, right? We just had deer season in November, right? And it's still going on for you bow hunters. But there's also, um, the trout fishing starts in March. And some guys are, are anticipating that moment when they can get out in the rivers and go. We've got a lot of other things when it comes to the season. Memorial Day is often key to its swimming season. And you don't get in the pool until Memorial Day or after. Eating lunch, well, that's always noon, right? We, we do that at 12, unless some of you are teachers at school and it's like 10.30. But there's always that moment. You know when it is that you're going to eat. How about getting your driver's license? Some of you could not wait. 16 years. My daughter was that way and on her 16th birthday at about the same minute and hour in which she was born, she had to walk out with the instructor to go get her driver's test. She was ready. She wanted to get that on the exact time she was born. 16 years, she couldn't wait any longer. So there we are. Some of us may want to start a diet in December. Well, that's probably not the right timing for that, but you you get the picture. Timing is everything. Think about timing in sports. Runners on the starting block, they don't move until the starting gun fires or they're disqualified, right? Or or, or when the bell rings, the boxing begins, and when it rings, it stops, and you've you've got to stop and you've got to start right at those moments when things happen. How about the penalty box in hockey? You know, it only lasts for a few minutes, and boy, when when that second is up of that last penalty, you're on the ice. You cannot wait. Or, Or there's other things in basketball. The ball has got to be out of your hand when the buzzer buzzes so that it counts when it goes in. I mean, it's all about timing, and so they'll hold down to that last moment, that last second to shoot if you're a parent of a preschooler, you know about timing, don't you? I mean, all it takes is for you to turn your head one minute and that little toddler is off into some kind of mischief, right? So timing is important. But does one minute really make that much of a difference? One moment, one 60-second interval of time placed in just the right location can make all the difference in the world. So our theme for Christmas series this year is the miracle of Christmas. And it's so easy to get so wrapped up, pun intended, in Christmas that we forget about all the other things because of the activities that are going on. So this Christmas season, I want us to spend some time reflecting on the significance of the birth of Jesus. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law I mean, did you hear that God's Word says that when the fullness of time had come in other words at just the right moment in time the right day in history the right timing of all creation. At that, When the timing was perfect, God then sent His Son into this world to be born of a woman. That represents for us this, this miracle of the moment. Well, let's break that down a little bit. First off, I think we have to understand that He came at the right moment you ever watched the miracle on 34th street i mean that's one of my favorite christmas movies not not just any one of them i really go back to the original the 1947 version you yeah, know that that's the classic that's the good one well, in that, in that movie, there's this wonderful magical tale about an older, white-bearded, white-haired gentleman who, who believes that he is Santa Claus, and he wants others to believe in him as well. And, and so as he comes about, he's introduced into this scene of, of the movie, and it's going to revolutionize everything because of one moment where he interjects into the storyline himself. Now, we're going to use that movie kind of as a setting this month with our Christmas sermons. And there are some very important parallels, I think, from the movie, looking at the biblical story of the birth of Christ as well. And I don't want us to miss this. So I've got a clip, hopefully we've got a clip. It's a go, all right? So sit back and just watch a few of, of this movie, just for a few minutes here. On the program program. You three, you're on Mrs. the pirate road and you Mrs. follow Walker. the band something's now. got to be done. That Robert dub done three men in a tub float just isn't good enough. We can get the butcher and the bakery, but the cameras... I'm awfully sorry, Mr Shellhammer, but I've got enough to do to take care of the people. Oh dear, I was so hoping that you... George! slightly mixed up with oh, this whip of yours. Oh, Allow me, will oh, that, you? Allow yes, me. It's oh, yeah. quite simple, really. Oh, okay. don't mind if I show you, eh? No, sir. Now, now. Then. See, it's all in the wrist. Yes, of course, it's hollow so? through, you know. Is that so? Yes, it's just like throwing a ball. If you were to... you would be dripping. Oh, well, it's cold. A man's got to do something to keep warm. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Don't you realize there are thousands of children lining the streets, waiting to see you? (laughs) Children who've been dreaming of this moment for weeks? You're a disgrace to the tradition of Christmas, and I refuse to have you malign me in this fashion. Disgusting. Tell me, who's in charge of this parade? When you find out, you tell me. These pants are gonna fall off in the middle of Columbus Circle. I beg your pardon? Could you tell me who's in charge here? Yes, Mrs. Walker. There she is, down there. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you two ought to be over on 81st. first. Mrs. Walker, one yes? of the men in your parade is not fit to receive... What are you doing chi- out of costume? Now get back and get dressed. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I thought you were our Santa Claus. Your Santa Claus is intoxicated. Oh, no! Yes, it's disgraceful. How can you allow a man to get... Something? jingle, bell, jingle bell, Stop that. What do you mean by drinking? You know it's not allowed. The man it's cold. A man's got to do something to keep warm. I'll warm you. I ought to take this cane and... And give I the... ought to... Uh, somebody, Julian, get some black coffee. Uh, plenty of it. Please yes, Miss uh, Black with a little cream. Uh, wake me up when the plate starts. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle... Bell. So mutely shameful. Could you be Santa Claus? Have you had any experience? <laughs> oh, a little. Mm. Oh, please, you've got to help me out. Madam, I am not in the habit of substituting for spurious Santa Clauses. No. Oh, please. No, I. I... Oh, well, the, the children mustn't be disappointed. All right, I'll do it. Oh, good. Thank you. Come right, right this way. Get that costume. He's the best we've ever had, and he didn't need any padding. What? Padding. padding. He didn't need any padding. Oh. Where did you find him? Oh, I just turned round, and there he was. I'm glad you turned round. I mean, I'm glad he was there. Just think if Mr. Macy had seen the other one. Just think if Mr. Gimble had seen the other one. You gonna ride in a motorcycle or a car? No, I'm going to go home and get in a hot tub, and I might stay there until next Thanksgiving. Oh, really, should see the parade. you worked work so hard on it. Oh, if I want to, which I doubt. I can see it from the roof of my apartment. Oh, that's right. You live down with it. Mrs. Walker! I mean, I know you're probably engrossed in watching the movie, and we could probably go on from here, but did did you notice the moment the miracle actually took place? Did you miss it? Let's kind of roll back our thoughts for a second. It, it, Mrs. Walker, I don't think even recognized it e- right at that moment either. But that moment when Chris Kringle decided to step out of the crowd and he interjected himself in the history of that parade and in their lives. As the movie unfolds we discover had he not done that at that moment had she then not hired him to be the Santa on the on the float and then eventually hired him to be the Santa at Macy's she probably would have lost her job and others would have lost their jobs as well and things would have fallen out, 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 just, it, just out of every mess that could have been made because of Missing a moment of opportunity. You see, was it just by chance or coincidence that he was there at that moment? You see, that's what represents the miracle of the moment. Sometimes it's not by chance that you are where you are, or that God is where he is, because life is going to be changed. At just the right time, things happen. The Bible says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. When the timing was just right and the moment for Him to leave heaven and enter into earth, He did that very thing. But the reality is most people miss the miracle of that moment too. We forget about what He did there. Most people did not even recognize the significance of Christ's birth at that time when He was born. People were much too busy to pay attention to just some young girl having a baby in a stable there in Bethlehem. But the coming of Christ into the world was not a matter of chance or coincidence. His coming was part of God's divine plan that was determined and established before even the foundation of this world was laid. That moment in time was secured in all history. Warren Worsby, in his commentary, the book Be Free, he writes this. He says, historians tell us that the Roman world was in great expectation, waiting for a deliverer at the time that Jesus was born. The old religions were dying. The philosophies were empty and powerless to change men's lives. Strange new mystery religions were invading the empire. Religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger were everywhere, and God was preparing the world for the arrival of his son. So unwittingly somehow, the Roman Empire had made everything perfect for Jesus to appear on the scenes. They had constructed roads that connected city to city and and everywhere. And we know all roads led to Rome, but it wasn't just about Rome. It was about every place else, and it made travel easier. The world was at peace, for the most part, under the Roman rule. And the Roman soldiers kept that peace. Thanks to both the Greeks and the Roman conquests, the language of uh, the, the Greek language had spread and became a world trade language. So, communicating things made it even easier. And and so, when we look at this, we see that Rome was perfect timing for all that. But not just there. Let's go back into some of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming of the Messiah, and they were being fulfilled perfectly at just the right time and in just the right location. God sent His Son. They knew where they were supposed to look for the Messiah. But for some reason, they weren't looking. Micah, the fifth chapter, verse 2, says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth to me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. They knew He was going to be born in Bethlehem. So why didn't they have a century at least posted in Bethlehem to tell them about every time a baby was being born? It wasn't just the location, but it was also the timing of things. They knew almost exactly when this Messiah should be born if they would go back and look in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 25, where it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the world to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of who? the anointed one, there shall be seven weeks and then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat but in a troubled time. It took some outsiders digging into the scriptures to kind of figure this out. And so some wise men, some magi from the east, as they're studying the ancient scrolls and they're looking for this fulfillment of a Messiah, they now have recognized the timing is here and somewhere it's going to be over in Israel. We know that. And so they were waiting and searching the stars and there appeared before them a star in the east. And then they followed it to the place that it lay. So let's look at what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1-8. through 8. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. And they told him. Well, Micah 5, two, In Bethlehem of Judea. It, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem of the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned his wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. Then he sent them on to, Jeru- to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word to me that I too may come and worship him. Timing is everything, isn't it? And at the right time, Jesus entered into this world. But the second thing we need to understand is not just, but that he provides the right moment as well. Too often we find ourselves just going through the motions of living. And even during the holiday season, we'll put up with all the business of the season without ever really experiencing the reason for this season, which is Jesus himself. For some, they really do need a miracle, maybe on 34th Street to see Jesus for who He really is rather than just a prop in a manger that the teenagers love to kidnap in the middle of the night, just an initiation project or something. And he discover who He really is and, and what He's there for. But, but here's the good news. Here's the good news. The good news is that God comes to us at just the right moment and just what we need in that moment. He knows exactly where we are. He knows exactly what we need. And His coming just didn't impact Bethlehem or Israel some 2,000 years ago, but His coming continues, and the miracle of that moment still has its impact today. Listen to these wonderful statements from God's Word and observe His character reflected in, in these actions. God knows exactly what you're going through, and He knows exactly what you need, and at just the right time, He will come to you and provide what you need for the moment because His timing is always perfect. I mean that's what the miracle of the moment is all about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2, Paul says this, he says for he says, "In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation." So God steps into our lives at the right moment. And it doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. At the end of your rope or if you're the top of, of the ladder, it, it doesn't matter. He, he finds you in the valleys of hardship and on the mountains of celebration. He is always right there where you need Him. Because now is always the perfect time for you to realize the salvation that He offers. You don't have to wait for a holiday. Romans 5 Verse 6 says, while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. See, his timing is perfect, isn't it? And, And he has the ability to provide for us what we ultimately need, which is our salvation. And so He, in the right moment, came into this world, and at the right moment, He died on the cross, and at the right moment, He rose from the grave, and at the right moment, He offers you your salvation. You see, He doesn't only come at the right time. He continues to provide for us at just the right moment. Just when we need Him most, just when we think that everything is going to fall apart, we go back to what Romans 5, 6 says. At the right moment, He did this. So when do you need a miracle? Well, usually it's when you have no more options, no more resources, no more anything that can really be substantial for you in in getting things done. But when we are utterly helpless, it's at that moment that we need to recognize that Christ died for us, that He provided for us. He came as that baby to give his life. I think that's something we miss in the Christmas season. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. But he was born to die for you. For me, I mean that's that's what the miracle of this moment is. He's promised to come to us as well at just the right time and provide just what you need for the moment when we're utterly helpless. Titus Paul writes to him, and, and he begins his letter of the book of Titus, beginning in verse 1, chapter 1. He says, Paul, a servant of God, and apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And what? At the proper Time manifested in His Word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. Our hope is having eternal life? Well, at the proper time, God manifested that ability in His Son, Jesus. But you know what? He says now is the right moment as well. Sometimes it seems like we're waiting for just the right moment to do something. And and so... We're waiting for just the right time to, to make that commitment of our life to Jesus Christ as, as our Savior and as our Lord. Maybe you're, you're waiting for just the right moment to make that commitment to getting more involved in church. Or maybe you're, you're waiting for just the right time to commit to, to serving Christ in some form of vocational ministry. And you may have spent your, your formal years in engineering, but God's saying, yeah. We need engineers on the mission field, and it's time I send you. What are we waiting for? Maybe you've been waiting for the right time to give up a bad habit, and you just don't know when that's going to be. Remember what we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2? He says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the is the day of salvation. So this is the right moment for each one of us. And here's why. You may not have another moment. A lot can transpire in 60 seconds. But the greatest thing would be for you to recognize what He has done at the perfect time, at the right moment for you. And I think that now is the right time to make that commitment to Christ. In Mark, the first chapter, verse 14 to 15, after John the Baptist was arrested, Jesus then came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, it says, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. And that message of repent and believe in the gospel still rings true today. That is why he came. That's the miracle of the moment that continues through all seconds, through all minutes, through all hours, through all days, weeks, years, whatever it is still that moment that you have today this opportunity to repent and to believe in the gospel. It's the right time to make that commitment to Christ and to receive His gift of salvation. Now is the right time to connect with the body of Christ. Now is that moment and time in which you can allow your marriage and your family to become all that it really needs to be. Now is the time to renew your commitment to walk close with Jesus and fellowship with Him on a daily basis. The right time is always now. And so my question to you is, are you going to take this moment and capture it? You see, that's what He wants for each one of us. To capture the moments. Carpe diem, right? Seize the day. And this moment can change your earthly direction as well as your eternal destiny. See, if you choose Jesus, and if you're choosing an abundant life on earth, an eternal life with Christ in heaven, it's just what you need in this exact moment. That represents the miracle of Christmas. Now, I want to wrap up just a moment with you about our Christmas season. There's a story about a song that was written back in the 1800s and 1840s in France, as a matter of fact. A French priest had asked a poet named Placide Capot de Rougemar to write a poem for Christmas Mass. Now, Capot, he composed poems, and while he was in his carriage, he sat down and wrote this poem along the road to France, and he entitled it Cantique de Noël. Capot was so inspired by the poem that he had just written that he asked a well-known classical musician named Alpha. uh, Adolph Charles Adams to compose a musical score for his poem. And the song that we sing today is called, O Holy Night. Now that song was sung three weeks later after he had written the poem for their Christmas Eve service at a midnight mass in an obscure French village. And the choir celebrated Jesus' birth with these words, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till He appeared, and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine. O night when Christ was born, O night, O holy night, O night divine. Now Placide Capot, he was really an unlikely man to write those beautiful words. He was a wine merchant who was more interested in his wine than he was even attending church. And he was more interested in writing poetry than he was singing Christian songs as well. And in the later years, eventually he breaks away from the church and he joins the socialist movements in France as almost an atheist. The music composer was also an unlikely man to write that music for this poem. Uh, Adolphe Adams uh, was Jewish and he composed the music to celebrate a holiday that he didn't observe and a Messiah that he did not accept. Now, when the church leaders of France learned about those facts about Capot and Adams, they officially banned the song as unfit for church services. But it was too late. You see, O Holy Night had already become one of the most beloved Christmas songs in France. And no matter what the church leaders did, the French people kept singing it. You see, even though the composers may not have believed what they wrote, they had produced a masterpiece that was was true to the gospel message. Years later the song itself would be seen as sort of a miracle as well. On Christmas Eve in 1906, a 33-year-old university professor named Reginald Fessenden, he did something most of the world thought was impossible. Using a new type of generator, this professor, he'd worked with Thomas Edison. He spoke into a microphone, and for the first time in history, a man's voice was broadcast over the airwaves. The shocked radio operators in the ships and the wireless operators in newspaper offices, they jumped in amazement when his voice came over this radio. They were used to hearing those coded beeps, beep, 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 and trying to interpret them. But all of a sudden they could hear a clear, deep voice speaking these words. These were the first words spoken over radio waves. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And he goes on and reads, And as Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Now Professor Phezidon, he went on to read the entire second chapter of the book of Acts. And he probably had no idea that he was causing an uproar across the country. All over the area, men and women were rushing to their wireless units to hear what many thought was a Christmas miracle. He even believed that they were hearing a voice of an angel. When the professor had finished reading out of the book of Luke, chapter 2, he picked up his violin and he played this beautiful Christmas melody. And on that Christmas Eve, O Holy Night, in 1906, became the first song that ever sent through the air by radio waves. From that time on, people all around the world have had a new way of listening to music. A moment in time is all it takes. I pray that you take the moment that you're given today. That you embrace the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he's going to use us for his glory either way whether we reject Him as Messiah, as Adams did, or we walk away from Him as Capo did. He's going to use the moments in which He interacts through our lives to change the world. And if you're ready to change the future, let's start right now. We're going to give you a moment to make a decision to follow Christ. As we stand and as we'll sing, let's pray. Father, we are thankful. We are thankful for the moments in time in which you have spoken in history, where you've allowed something to step out of the crowd, whether it be in a parade or in a congregation of people, to step forward and to make a difference. Father, work in us and through us and in spite of us, that our world will see Jesus. And they will come and adore him. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.